Okay, good morning, Faith Fellowship. So uh, if you have your Bible, be turning to Acts chapter 13. Remember last time that we were together, we kind of did an overview of uh, Acts chapter 13. And, uh, and so now we're going to get into it so we can start breaking it down and, and getting the truth of what we need just for daily living out of this. Um, man, I hope you were blessed just by Brother Miles uh, last week. It's just good to be reminded to really consider uh, to have a heart for evangelism. I mean, that's what we're here to do. I know a lot of times it's super easy to get kind of like inward focus where you are looking for the Lord to improve the quality of your life. But I want to suggest to you to this morning that essentially the quality of your life will improve when you are about his business. Uh, ultimately, that's the hangup. If, if everything that we do is just about you having a better life and nobody else benefiting around you as a result of you having the blood of Jesus Christ, man, we missed the mark. <laughs> we thoroughly missed the mark. And so with that, you know, last time we were saying that this is uh, this chapter, we're getting a chance to really look at what being in the spirit looks like. And those kind of just words that we, we are familiar with from over time, walking in the spirit, um, you know, is kind of what this time we're going to be looking at. Our context from the chapter was that this is Saul and Barnabas's first missionary journey. Okay, so we're going to have that laid out and later on you'll see there's maps of just some of the things that we had earlier. Uh, right here, if you just look at this is the breakdown. And so we were talking about last week having a right walk, a right witness and a right way, not last week, the last time we met. <laughs> and, uh, and so here's kind of how I'm going to do this. So we'll just be in one through five today looking at how Paul and Barnabas get sent out. And I, I should throw in there also uh, Mark <laughs> because he's you know going with them too. But, um, and then the sources of the Isle of Paphos and then uh, Paul's message and then the people's response. And so essentially we should have four weeks that will be in this chapter, okay? Just so you can kind of keep things on the up and up. Now, verse two was our key verse one of our key verses, there were three key verses that we looked at last time. I won't mention the other two. We'll kind of get into those later. But essentially, the key verse for these first five um, verses is, is verse two. And it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, uh, Barnabas and Saul, for the work until I have called them. And so now this is, this is the thing that we want to keep in mind. And I want to kind of press upon you in a minute here about leadership, okay? So let's read it, and then we'll kind of get into it from there. Starting in verse one, says this, now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Maanan, which had been, uh, been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Notice right here that Barnabas's name is mentioned before Saul's. Uh, there's something kind of interesting about that. At some point that will change, but it, you should take note of that. And in terms of just structurally what we're gonna kind of be examining. Um, 
verse three, and when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them, them away. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. Okay, so now this is where John Mark is with them. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay, so now I'm going to give you basically your takeaways up front because I want you to have these things. And uh, this, I think, go to the next slide. Okay, right here. Biblical leadership. And I want you, you're going to be looking for this as we go through this. It starts with maturity. We'll see that kind of in verse one. Leaders work. We'll see that in verse two. Leaders pray and leaders are submitted to leaders. We'll see that in verse three. Leaders are led by the Holy Spirit in verse four. And then in verse five, leaders preach the word. And so here's, here's something I want you to kind of get down in your head. If you notice, we're in 1 Timothy, and that's on purpose as well. And most of you, we cover chapter three, right? And so it's laying out how it is to be a bishop and how to be a deacon. And one of the things that it alludes to is that essentially the way that you conduct your life outside of the church is like the dress rehearsal for what it is that God is gonna call you to. So I don't want you to this morning take the word leadership and go, well, I'm not a leader. This doesn't apply to me, I'm out. Oh no, <laughs> oh no. Have I said anything up here that you shouldn't be doing already anyways? No. And the thing that I want you to kind of take away with and understand is that, listen, the Lord is calling you to something. And the thing is, is like you have to process in your mind how you are going to respond to that. In this, uh, this whole entire book, we are watching people give themselves wholly to a kingdom focus, whether that is the establishment of Jesus Christ physically on the throne or the establishment of the furtherance of the church spiritually. These people are giving themselves to that. And so I want you to be able to connect the dots and not see them as superheroes, but see them simply as men and women that are just being obedient. Okay, and so like, if we just pare it down like that, then oh, well, maybe, maybe I can get to a spot because I want you to look at, you might be a parent, whether you're a single mom or you are mom and dad, those kids are being led by you. Fathers, you are leaders of the home. The ladies that are in here that are leading those, you're leading these Bible studies. I mean, there are some, you might be leading physically at work. There are all these platforms in which maybe you have just kind of ignored that responsibility that the Lord has given you through blessing and not really had this intention to be about the Lord's business. And so this is just a reminder to, hey, pay attention to where God has you. You have these things, you have these people in your life, you taking care of kids. Maybe they're not, aren't even your own. Now they're yours because they're in your house. How are they gonna come up, right? And so that kind of investment, that kind of look 
that kind of viewpoint, I think is just the thing that I want us to kind of examine this morning. And so the first thing, as we look at this first verse, and it says, now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger and Lucis uh, of Cyrene and Manan, which had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch and Saul. That again, we say in leadership starts with maturity. Okay, so now you have to understand there are roles in the church. We see that, we understand that here. We have a senior pastor, we have associate pastors, we have lay pastors, we have fellowship leaders slash elders, because I'm so I would be like a teaching elder, okay? Just if you wanted to really look at my terminology biblically, okay, that's what I would be. We have deacons, right? And so we understand that there are these particular roles. Now, I want you to know something about these, these prophets, certain prophets, when it says that. Prophets that appeared in the apostolic age among Christians, they are associated with the apostles. They discerned and did what was best for the Christian cause. Things have changed. Prophets previous to this were telling of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now he has been here and he's resurrected. So it must be a different cause that these individuals are around for, okay? Therefore, telling also of certain future events. We saw that in Acts 11, 27. And in the religious assemblies of the Christians, they are moved by the Holy Spirit to do what? To speak, to having power, to instruct, to comfort, to encourage, to rebuke, to convict, stimulate their hearers. Why is that? Okay, now, you have to understand, prophet for us only means something because of the Bible, but to Israel, it means something different. They have been around prophets the whole time. So the why here is God wanted to send representatives of Christ that they were familiar with. They were familiar with the structure by which they gave truth. They were familiar with the authority by which they carried. So you have to understand in terms of the Lord, even though we're seeing a shift in the Lord in terms of going from Israel to Gentile, his heart very much is still to get to Israel. So there is this familiar role that is still being useful as we make this transition. Okay, and so in, in, in uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.15, we gotta get some insight. See, God wanted to send those representatives in a format that would be familiar to Israelites and then also edifying to both Jew and Gentile, okay? They serve a function. They have a particular role. And in 1 Thessalonians 2.15, though, we have to understand something. It says, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us, and they please not God and are contrary to all men. See, the Lord has already taken stock of how the prophets have been treated up to this point, and yet he is still sending them out. You got to understand, there is a mercy that the Lord has for Israel that we just cannot comprehend. And the one thing, every time I keep looking at this, the Lord shows me, yeah, I'm still trying to get to Israel. I'm still trying. I'm going to just keep sending that message out. Man, and I was just thinking about in terms of a heart for other people, when somebody just constantly does something disrespectful, do you have the same kind of heart? Or does it have an expiration? Is there a point where somebody will just upset you enough that you just say, okay, enough. I'm done with you. I'm going to cut you off. Because guys, that's not God's heart for Israel. And of anybody, he should be the most offended. Right? So like this is the kind of thing you have to examine and look at. If the Lord is constantly always delivering his heart out to Israel, then man, do I have anybody, as Sam has been saying, 
is there anybody that I could just throw away? I don't get to throw anybody away. Now, there may be some distance that needs to take place because they're being harmful to me. Ladies, you know, like we would say that, especially if you're in an abusive situation like that, right? You need to be in a safe place for a while until there's some counsel or whatever. Maybe the police have to be involved, whatever the case may be. But man, and just in terms of being completely done with somebody because they were so offensive to me, oh man, the Lord has suffered the most offense. And so I hope you see this morning just that the Lord's heart constantly for them. In Acts 7.48, just again, to prove the point, here he is with a familiar role, still sending out messengers in order to get their heart to salvation through Jesus Christ. Well, we know what happens in Acts 7.48, but listen to what it is that Stephen said. Howbeit the most high dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build me, saith the Lord, or what is it that place of my rest? Hath not my hand made all these things? Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised and hardened ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye, which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted. And they have slain them, which showed before the coming of the just one, of whom you have been now the betrayers and murderers. That is the Lord's indictment on Israel and how they treated the prophets, and yet he is still sending them. I'm just telling you, it's something to consider. It's just something to consider. It's hard for us to get our heads wrapped around love like that, but I'm telling you, if you're going to be in the spirit, it's actually not that hard. See, that's the whole point of what I've been saying. If I'm going to be in the spirit, then these things that I'm putting before you this morning will now be on the, on the responsibility of the spirit to exercise that in me. See, people got to see something different out of me than what they get normally. Do you realize that some people are on purpose toxic because they don't know how to function in loving relationships? And so they will try to, when you get close, they cut you off. That's their defense mechanism. You got to see that for what it is. Man, let the Lord fight that battle for you. Let them see light. Let them see love. Something else, just one more, just to continually make the point. In Matthew 23, 29 through 34, it says, One to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because ye build the tombs of the prophets. Well, that, I mean, you know, <laughs> I would have maybe walked away right when he said, okay, this conversation is not going to go well. <laughs> no, it's not. And then he says, you garnish the sepulchers of the righteous and say, if it had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore, you being witnesses unto yourselves that you are the children of them which are killed, the prop, which, excuse me, of them which killed the prophets. Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers. Ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? Man, that's a real question. Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them you shall kill and crucify, and some of them shall you scourge in the synagogues and persecute them from city to city. You see here, even just the prophecy of that, where the Lord is like, I'm still going to send, and this is what you're going to do to them. This is how you're going to treat them. But you got to know, you got to understand, man, there is just that heart there. And then in teachers, when it's talking about teachers, these are one who teaches concerning the things of God and the duties of man, of those who in the religious assemblies of Christians undertake the work of teaching and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so 
you see there's a hierarchy of things that we are all familiar with. Of course, we're going to see this in 1 Corinthians and then in Ephesians. In 1 Corinthians, it says 12, 28, and God has set some in the church, first apostles, okay, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, and after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. That list is structured like that on purpose to understand something. The Lord now is using the apostles to make sure that these individuals had spent time directly with the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no need to have an apostle at this point because I have this. This is better. So that's why you don't see that role. So when you see people titling themselves apostle, pray for them. <laughs> pray for them because people like titles. But there's a, there's a role in here that we have to understand it's doing something. It's not just to walk around and make sure you got a parking space or to get honor and glory or that everybody stand up when you walk in or for you to get something free. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, right? And on the flip side, remember I had mentioned to you before, you have to be careful because in this church, we, we definitely teach you to be careful about those titles, but then... The flip side is you can learn to hate them. So then you just sabotage your walk the whole time and you never become useful in a mighty way. Because then when somebody tries to call you up and say, hey, do this thing, do that thing. Oh, well, I'm not, I can't, I'm, I'm not able, I'm not equipped. I'm... See, we want to get away from that too. Remember, you have a title already as Christian. That means something. As saint, that means something. As ambassador, that means something. That is the name that you carry, right? And so when I throw in their leader, don't think, oh, I'm out. This is good. I'll just uh, check out, maybe take a nap for the next 45 minutes and enjoy myself. Oh, no. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you as well. In Ephesians 4.11, you see it again. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers and then it says in James 3.1, my brethren, be not many masters knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. And so it's just a warning. It's a warning for those who are title chasers. That's one of the things that we always try to be careful about with our young guys coming up in LFBI is to make sure they understand, listen, just because you completed LFBI does not guarantee your own ministry. You can be finished and sitting in that pew, praise the Lord, <laughs> be effective in discipleship and Bible studies. But if the Lord does call you up, then you better respond. Okay, you better respond. And so there are key people that are part of this that we just need to know who they are. Barnabas, the son of rest, is a man who was a distinguished teacher of the Christian religion and a companion colleague of Paul. Remember, he went to a bat for Paul when uh, Paul went to um, uh, Jerusalem. And not really being known, you know, he's kind of doing some hanging out with the Lord out there, like John probably eating locusts and honey, same thing, you know, <laughs> doing push-ups, whatever they were doing. And uh, then they get in front of him. It's like, who is this guy? Oh, let me tell you who this guy is, right? And he goes to bat for him. And so now this you still see, just in terms of Barnabas's role and how important he is, that, well, he's like the leader. Now that's going to switch. But right now the Lord is showing you just an order of structure. And that's okay. See, the one thing I, I often, I would tell anybody that I've disciple, it is my joy, my heart, my desire that one day that your name will be mentioned 
before my name, that I would sit in maybe Vance Church, be in Jason's fellowship, be there with Rashawn, where, wherever. Like, I, that's a dream of mine. I cannot wait till that happens, right? And so it's not an issue for Barnabas either. Hebrews 4, 9, of his name being son of rest, I want just, just to put this in your mind. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God, for he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Man, here we see a guy that is a faithful man and he's serving in the ministry. And the thing is that he ceased from his own works. Uh, that's, it's, write it down. It's maybe not in there. <laughs> it's cool. It's no big deal. <laughs> and so, then, you know, you have Simeon, his, his name means hearkening. Lucius, his name means light or bright white. It is also thought of Lucius that perhaps it is in Romans 16, 21, when it says Timotheus, my fellow worker, fellow, excuse me, work fellow, and Lucius and Jason and Sosipater, my kinsmen salute you, that it'd be the same Lucius that is mentioned there. And then Manon, which is interesting that it ties itself to Herod Antipas, you know, uh, and there's a whole relationship there. They were companions growing up. And we know we just saw him be killed in the last chapter. And so it's just kind of an interesting thing of these are God's key men. But I want to remind you of something. In terms of these key roles and key men, and we know Saul's story and how God has been growing him up and getting him to this spot where now it's like, okay, launch out. It's time. This is your first missionary journey. What are you going to do? Right? 1 Peter 2.2 2 says this, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby. See, that one I don't have on there. For sure, you should write that down because this is the thing. The Lord does not intend for you to be as you came to him. You understand that, right? Like, struggle city that you've been on perhaps for the last year or years, we should be done with that. If the Lord is absolutely working in our life, we should not be recognizable even to ourselves. And I don't, in terms of a duration, six months, one month, whatever, I, man, that doesn't matter. You should be changing. You should be growing. If not, there is something that perhaps is the issue. And if you notice in 1 Peter, it says, desire the sincere milk. So where is your state of desire with his word? Perhaps that's the issue. Maybe like you find yourself in these places where you're like, man, I keep wrestling with this, I keep wrestling with that. Is the answer the word of God or do you still just try to figure it out? Because I'm telling you, that doesn't work. And these individuals that have these roles now, they went from being men with names to men with names and roles. It's because their desire is the word. And the Lord has grown them up and he's, put, he's putting them to work. And because they're doing it in the spirit, man, they just are in joy of what it is that God has put in front of them. So I ask you this morning also, where is that? Man, right now, this is the most exciting faith fellowship has ever been this year. We got Bible studies. We're on the same page. Man, I'm like people are serving. These, I was telling Serene this morning, remember when we had to get there to start everything? Man, Rashad, these guys, these guys beat me every Sunday on purpose. Sometimes I look at, I got five more minutes. I'm gonna just hang out because it's gonna be open when I get here. This is gonna be running when I get here. 
Man, what a blessing. So listen, I'm not saying I don't see what you're doing. I can see it. We're doing it. But I'm telling you, there's more yet to accomplish. So let's continue in the things that we're doing now, just in terms of, man, bite off a little bit more. You know, Brother Blake's going to help me with the cooking. He doesn't know. I'm going to do very little of it. <laughs> he just found out. I'm going to step back and go, tell me when it's ready. <laughs> because, because why? Because I don't need to do everything. If, I, if this ministry is solely on my back, I failed. The, listen, the Lord only gives roles so that we can be multipliers. Multipliers. Not that we get statues, right? So the thing is, it's about multiplication. That's why I want you to understand from a position of leadership, listen, work yourself out of that job and into a different one. Whenever my replacement comes, it won't be to my rest. I will just do something different. And so I want you, I want you to understand that. But that, that starts with a desire. That starts with a maturity. These guys have matured in a way that was, you could see it. You could see what Paul was doing. Remember, if Barnabas is going to bat for him in front of the disciples, that means that what he is doing is legit and sincere. And now the Lord is about to send these guys out. Man, it's like what we see with Mike, what we've seen with Dan, what we've seen with Mark. God has grown those individuals up to a, a spot that he said, okay, see ya. Now we got a church in Tampa. Now we got one in Boston. Now we got one in Lee Summit. Who's next? I mean, who's next? We're not done. That's how I want you to look at this. In verse two, it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost says, separate me, Barnabas, and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And so right here, remember, I'd already told you earlier, it's leaders work. Leaders work. There's a thing about this that you have to understand. Like, I, in the role that I, yes, while I will um, maybe not be doing as much cooking this year because Brother Blake's going to help out, praise the Lord, that's going to free me up to do something else. Mingle. I never get to do that during the, the cookout. If you guys think about it, I'm at the grill the whole time, right? Not this year because our class has grown up. I get to mingle and go see people and sit with you and talk to you and maybe counsel or whatever else the ministry needs. Don't miss the fact that it says as they minister to the Lord, that is a multitude of different things that they are doing. So our, listen, it's like, <laughs> I think it was Miller said, that we need to have an LFBI class that is how to set up chairs and tables. It'd probably be like a half credit hour. <laughs> but in this church, if you are a part of this church, you have moved a chair <laughs> at some point. Rashad said he had to change the setup this morning. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, right. You just, I mean, that's, that's how this works. Do whatever it is that the ministry has need of. Of Christians serving Christ, these individuals, it said they could be praying or instructing others concerning the way of salvation or in some other way. They were at work while waiting. That is the other thing that I want you to get from that. Okay, now listen. The Lord had already told him. He told Ananias, right, what was going to happen with Paul. Paul has been waiting 
for some time up to this point to be the guy that's going to go out there and still yet his mention his name is mentioned last and he's good with it because they're still ministering so now listen those of you that are on the bubble on the cusp of maybe being a, a bible study leader in this class or maybe it is that you know uh, just some some other thing that you know maybe greater than what it is that you're doing now man i listen you better be caught doing the work right now <laughs> right before you get the next thing how do you edify and encourage the body of christ on sunday morning on tuesday night are you a part of a bible study you should be in that like we can't leapfrog from i'm not even in a bible study to now i'm going to be fellowship leader the entire time <laughs> pretty much that I've been at this church, I've been in a Bible study, whether it was Dan's or my own, multiple years. I mean, that there's something about that. So listen, if we're gonna grow in that maturity, like I was saying, you gotta get in to the very simplest thing, get in Bible study. And then there's work in there. There is something to Maria's point that she had made earlier about coming to camp and it's not about you all the, in Bible study, guess what? It's not about you there. There is something you know that you can encourage your, your guest or a guest that comes to that Bible study. Man, get their contact info. Can we just start there? Encourage them to come. Remind them when the, when the time is. Like just simple things like that. Leaders work. The people should work. Man, you know, there's something about the urgency in a human to do kingdom work. It's evident. There's just something about it. When you see somebody sold out, and guys, I'm telling you, you ought to really set your heart to individuals that are like that. When I was in, you know, kind of underneath Dan and, and uh, Kenny, one of the things I love about those guys is just how they move. The fruit that was coming off of Dan and Dakia, I remember asking the Lord, I was like, man, I, I want that, Lord. The Lord said, gotcha, fellowship leaders, coming up, <laughs> right? Oh, wait a minute, but not that. Oh, no, 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 you can't go back now, <laughs> you know? And so, but I, I just love being around a dude, being around Kenny, just how he, how he does what he does, the, the relationship he has with his children, the relationship he has with his wife. Man, that stuff is infectious to me. Man, who is that individual for you? Who do you look at and say, Lord, Help me to be like that in my own skin, obviously, but just help me to be like that. I don't always want to be the person kind of at, in need, right? In, in need, like, oh, tell me again, counsel me again. Man, I want to learn this, and then I want to be able to give it, right? And just watch what the Lord does. Now, yeah, is there a desperation that comes from being in the spirit? Absolutely. But you got to be useful, too, not just desperate. Man, these guys work. In 2 Corinthians 8, 12, it says, for if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to the man hath and not according to the hath not. The thing is, it has to start with, though, is a willing mind. So where are you on the willing mind piece? Man, I love that the ladies, I mean, they're just lighting up. They're going to have that retreat. Praise the Lord. We never had that. Carrie came. She just brings a different dynamic to the class. Not a late, so ladies, be a part of that. Go and get the fellowship. Something beautiful is going to come out of that. Guys, our fellowship is going to be taking out tree stumps, I guess, at Kenny's house. 
<laughs> it's going to make us weird, a bunch of stinking, sweaty dudes hanging around. It's like uh, Top Gun, weird. <laughs> and so, but man, no, you know what? We're looking forward to that. Just because really, who cares about the tree stump? It's really about, it's Kenny's house. We get to go to his house and hang out. We get to be around his kids. And you know what happens? The kids get to watch how we interact with their dad. So in Bible study, one of the things that Dan would do is the boys, it was men's Bible study, and the boys would come down downstairs. And one time, man, Ezra, just as naked as you could be, just, just got out of bad, boom, shoots right down in there in the midst of us. But now, like, it's like he has all these uncles. And even when I see him to this day, he still just remembers being a kid around us all the time. He's watched his dad be in ministry, ministering to other men. Do you think that that has any bearing on how he's going to live his life? Absolutely. Absolutely. See, I don't want you to just work here. I want you to work at home. That's the point I'm trying to drive home. It starts at home. The precursor, the dress rehearsal for the bishop and the deacon is home. So it starts at home, which is why you got to have a Bible study in your house. But you got to be in one first and be submitted to the leaders that we have. And then eventually when we break out, have it at home. Learn how to be hospitable. Get some chips in Jesus' name. <laughs> okay, so when they fasted here, this is kind of important, okay? Because the, under, the thing that we have to understand is they, have, they are ministering. And then it says like in verse two, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, okay, so they are setting a time aside to not take their food, not take whatever, and just like, we want to hear from the Lord. This is how urgent the matter is. It is good for us to have that at these times, but here it is. You don't have to broadcast it. That's not uh, Instagram, Facebook, <laughs> TikTok. I don't know. I don't, I don't do any of the stuff, so I don't know what it is. But I, that's not what you put it on. I'm fasting this week. Nobody cares. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Listen, Matthew 6. This is what it says, 16 to 18. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sour countenance. You see them. What's wrong with you? I'm hungry because I'm fasting in Jesus' name. <laughs> Please don't do that. And then it, look, it, it finished, it says that, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Probably suck their cheeks in a little bit. You know? <laughs> how long? I don't even know how long it's been. <laughs> Man, verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Their reward is what they get in terms of response out of people. Oh, man, you're so holy. Oh, that's so good that you're doing that. That's your reward. Verse 17, but thou, when thou fast, anoint thine head and wash thy face. Man, look good, be bright, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto the Father, which is in secret. And thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall, excuse me, shall reward thee openly. Man, I, I love this. Here it is. Their reward was clear direction on what to do next. Because that's what they were asking for. It's a big deal. When you fast, there needs to be a reason. May, perhaps there is something that you want the Lord to remove out of your life or bring into your life. How urgent is it to you? Are you willing to forego lunch, breakfast, 
dinner, or maybe all three. Of course, as Sam would say, speak to your physician before you go and do a hard fast like that to make sure that, you know, because some of you have physical labor work and you need uh, calories. And so you got to be careful with that. But perhaps it is some urgency. Man, praise the Lord for your heart. But again, you don't have to, I don't have to know that. You can just tell me after the fact, whenever it is that you were praying about, you're asking the Lord for when it comes through. Tell me that. That's why I want to hear it. Okay. Let's have a right culture of fasting. Man, I love that now they have a clear direction. And it was so evident about what's going to happen. And just you look at the agreement of that. This man is beautiful. There's something very special about that. And separate to a point to set apart one from some purpose to do something. It's not just to be apart from those guys, but it's to something. If the Lord is drawing you unto himself, it's not just so you can just be standing next to him. It's for a reason. He's called you unto good works. Romans 1.1 says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. See, the point is for God to be visible through your work. Through your work, the Lord should be visible. Whatever it is that you're doing, is the Lord on display? Can other people see that it's the Lord? Or do you get glory? And I'm telling you, the danger is if you get glory and people start talking about your holiness, remember, throw that nonsense to the ground. The right response is praise the Lord. Because that's truly the answer. It's not you. It's not your ability. It's him. Man, yes, you brought a willing mind to the table. And that was it. <laughs> Everything else the Lord brought. Right? And so I just, it's something for us to just consider. There are things, guys, this year you need to be fasting about. And then there are things that you need to separate from. Now, you've already, if you have the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, then you've already separated unto him. But perhaps there are some things that you need to further separate from in order for him to have full use of you in the way that he wants. Because it's about him, right? And if I'm going to be led in the spirit, I'm not leading the way. It is not my plans that I'm submitting to him as architect. He draws them up. I do them. Does that make sense? A lot of times it's like, here's what I want to do. Approve it and I'll get started on that. The Lord will just say, oh, that's a nice paper airplane. <laughs> like, don't make him ball up your plans. <laughs> he will. And praise the Lord that he does. He doesn't just let us just go out there sometimes unless we just force the issue. And then he's like, okay, you want it so bad. Here you go. And it destroys you in the process. And you come running back to him. So he knows it's like a win-win. I'm going to get you back anyway, <laughs> you know? But man, you can avoid that. Like you don't have to, some of the struggles that we go through are avoidable. Do you realize that? Like some of the things we wrestle with, we can avoid. Just from obedience. Now, I want you to take a promise out of this section here, a great promise. In Psalm 4, 3, it says, but know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. But now get this. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Will hear. Not maybe. <laughs> will. He has to. I love it. If he calls me unto himself, then 
then I can be sure when I call him, he'll answer. That's a great promise. Maybe you need that this morning. Maybe you feel a little distant from him. Be, evaluate that separation. Perhaps it is that there is something you need to separate from in order to feel that love connection again. It's there. You know he's not the unplugger. You are. <laughs> That's what we do. We just unplug from him and then go try to do whatever we want to do. And then we're like, Lord, this is hard and I'm having a hard time. I know. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> right? Come back. In verse 3, that says, and when they had fasted again and prayed. Now, look, these guys are truly seeking the Lord. And I think it's because they understand the gravity of what it is that they're doing needs the Lord's input. Like, I think for us, we have to really consider there are some things that maybe we have to revisit. We have to go to with urgency again. Lord, please, you have to do this. And so this is where we see leaders pray and leaders are submitted to leaders. Because remember, we mentioned five individuals, two get sent out. So that means that the they that is mentioned and the they that's being laid hands on are those other individuals that are not going with them. Because they're in Antioch, they're not in Jerusalem. It's showtime in Antioch right now. You realize that. These guys are leading those churches. It's a big deal. So I love even more just a display of, yes, the Lord has said everything. Paul, you're the man. I'm going to teach you this. We spent some time. Do the push-ups. Get some honey. We gonna, it's going to be good. Arabia, we don't even know what happened. <laughs> right? We just, you're in, the, you're in the oven, curing up. The Lord is just talking to him. He's like, yeah, it's like, you know, the cool montage where he's doing stuff. And <laughs> that would be how I did. That's how I see it in my head. I've watched too many movies. I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's how I see it. It's just a neat montage. He's studying stuff. He's in doing splits like blood sport. And just, yeah. <laughs> the guys, they got. <laughs> okay, so leaders pray and leaders are submitted to leaders. See, the thing is, I'm a fellowship leader, but Sam is absolutely my leader. And when Pops comes to me, I'm, I entreat him as a father, which is why I let you hear me call him Pops. Because I'm trying to make a point to you of how I see him. I don't, if I, even if there was any kind of ever some disagreement, I'm not going to come, just bust up in his office. Listen, I don't care what you're doing. Stop what you're doing, because I need to tell you something. No, I'm not. That's Pops. I'm not going to talk to my own father like that, so I'm not going to talk to him like that, right? Leaders are submitted to leaders. They had, you want the protection of leadership and the Holy Spirit being on the same page. So you got to understand what's taking place right there. The Holy Spirit is speaking and said, hey, separate them individuals, and those guys are in agreement like, yep. There's no contention when we ordain in this place. You realize that. If you don't have the pastorate, it's because it's not time yet. And the Holy Spirit hasn't sent the email. When you get it, the Lord has sent the email and everybody will be in agreement over you. You understand that? So if there are certain things that I ask you to do and I'm saying, hey, step into this role, step into this. Could you consider this? Pray about this. It's because the Holy Spirit has already rung on my bell. And now I'm saying to you, hey, your time and I'm gonna let you do this and I'm not gonna micromanage you because that's that's not what Dan did that's not what Kenny did it's not what Sam does and I'm gonna let you have it 
I don't even know. I don't even know. I will just crash them together and then throw them out the window if I get those keyboards. So they just better keep them out of my hands. I don't, I don't like that monkey. <laughs> they will be in Hulk smash. That's <laughs> I don't want them. I don't need them. That's this is for them to do. This is how they minister to this class. I mean, I love in First Timothy four fourteen. It says, "Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on the hands of the presbytery." See, we have to understand there is an order and a structure that the Lord has set in place, and we should honor that. Not try to look for ways around it. Not try to find a loophole. Man, listen, guys, especially guys. I know you are leaders of your home, but um, a submitted man is a man that's protected. I've already told the ladies that they hear that all the time. You remember, there's no, they have protection throughout, right? We talked about that father, pastor, husband, and always the Lord watching over all, <laughs> right? For the guys, when you are submitted to the leadership, which is why it's beautiful what's happening in this class. You guys are modeling something. I'm just, everybody pay attention. See, I, I love that when there's a protection of leadership, it keeps us from self-exaltation. You know, one of the scariest things for me is uh, I like documentaries. And when I was watching the one, and especially documentaries that are related to um, cult leaders, because in the role that I have, some of these people started out right. And then they end up crazy. Not Jim Jones, though. He started out crazy and he ended up crazy. <laughs> the whole thing was crazy. And that's self, self-exaltation. Who ordained that fool? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody did. He did. And then people followed it because he had the title. It's dangerous. This is why the protection needs to be that if you can recognize that the Lord is in control at MBT, Man, you can be submitted in this place because the Lord is overlooking the whole thing. And then Sam is going to be next. And then it's the associate pastors and on down and on down to disciples and Bible study leaders. I was very strategic in the people who are Bible study leaders. It's not that I don't see growth in you, but man, where we are right now, I need those particular individuals to, to kind of steer the ship. And I'm, man, I, my hands are doing this. There's like four or five guys in our Bible study. I'm like, yes. And then we north, yep. And mm, mm, mm. Lord's like, wait. Yes, sir. Wait. Keep them together. Keep them with you. Teach them the culture. Okay. That's what we do. So listen, see it as protection. Guys, I'm not going to put my thumb on any of you. But I will definitely <laughs> not ask you to do anything until the Holy Spirit says so. You get that. When they prayed here, again, they fasted, they prayed in Acts 1.24. And they prayed and said, the Lord, which thou knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen. That's just an example. I wanted to show you that they are seeking the Lord here. And the tone had been set. The Lord chooses, the Lord directs. He chose Paul and, and, and uh, Barnabas. And now he's directing them on what they need to do. Guys, that's how you want to live your life. I'm going to be fellowship leader until the Lord says, do something else. Okay? I'm, that's just how this works. I'm not, this is not like a ladder of uh, like a career where I'm thinking that there's a up, 
What's up? I'm in it. This is up. I'm going to do that until the Lord says do something different. And I want to model that for you. Just make sure like you understand and see what it is. Now, this sent them away is very beautiful, very critical here. And there are a lot of verses. I think that I have uh, you guys go to the next slide there. So all of these verses, if you want to look this, these sent them away. And it's interesting. These are the one. These are the times when the disciples would say to Jesus, hey, uh, there's a big multitude. We should go. And then the Lord says, hey, no, because they haven't eaten. And in particular, there's one that I wanted to bring up because when the is sending these two away, there's something I want you to connect the dots. In Matthew 15, 32, it says, then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way. Do you get that? The Lord had answered the fast and the prayers. The Lord is not looking for them to stumble in the way. The Lord is looking to nourish us to make sure that we are prepared for whatever it is that he is sending us to. Does that make sense? It's incredible. When you get sent out, when you get called up, when you get to wherever it is that God is putting in front of you, you are ready. God, I wish I had a believe that at the beginning of faith fellowship. That's why it stumbled for a little bit, just because I didn't believe it. I, it's evident now, we, just in a little bit, I, the Lord is like this. He's been waiting. It's like uh, all this stuff, it'd be full of stuff. And the Lord's like, I have all of this I want to show you, but I can't, Lord. I can't, Dale, because you're not ready. You don't believe that I'm for you, that I want this for you. And so it just sat there. Man, that same heart of unbelief can work in your life in the same way. You got to know when the Lord is calling on you to do something and he's asking you to do something, he's prepared you. He's got you ready. These guys, didn't, they can't ready themselves. That's the whole point that this is trying to make, which is why the wording is so specific and saying that the Holy Ghost said, the Holy Ghost sent them. It's telling you who's pulling the strings. It's not these cats. It's just not. See, Philippians 4.19, you know, we say it often around here, but my God shall supply all your needs. How? According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, but this implies something I want you to be honest about. Just because the Lord will supply your need doesn't mean that more needs won't come up. Because remember, the Lord likes you desperate. And it's not about you going out there doing this. I'm here. I'm ready to minister. <laughs> Watch this. And the Lord's <laughs> get low, humble yourself. And you're like, Lord, help me. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay, that's the right position. Now let me help you. Gotcha. So even though my state of lowness, and maybe I didn't get everything because it wasn't an arrogance, the Lord said, I got you. Keep, just keep showing up. Look what happened. You guys are still here. Nobody threw tomatoes this morning. Praise the Lord. <laughs> right, yeah, right, yes. See, my buddy said yes. <laughs> still the jury is out. All right, verse four. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost departed unto Seleucia. This is like going to the airport, <laughs> but the airport is 16 miles away from where they are. Okay, so I want you to see, now you guys go to the next slide here. 
So, so just so you can understand this, because this stuff is great, right? Just so you get a view. So the dotted lines, okay, Antioch, this is where they're going. This is where they're launching out. Now look at it. It's a coastal city, okay? So the next statement is, it says, from thence they sailed to Cyprus. Okay, so now you see right here. So this is where, so this, this is the first part of this, and then the, the solid line is going to be the second missionary trip. So we'll bring this back up so you can see that as well. And then in particular, we'll look at those, we'll look at those cities. Now, leaders are led by the Holy Spirit. The Lord has been very strategic about who is furthering the ministry. And the other thing I want you to take from this is that we're, they're going to Cyprus. And the two cities that they go to are the two most important cities on Cyprus. And this is just a philosophy of ministry, just like we do at MBT. Key men, key cities. Where do you think we got it from? The Bible. <laughs> it's not our strategy. It's not our strategy. Okay, and then in verse five, and when they were at Salamis, okay, now you guys go to the next one. Now, and here is this again, and you get to see where that is. So that's the boom, the first spot that they go to. And this is where leaders preach the word. In Romans 10, uh, 8, it says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, and even in thy mouth, and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. Paul is quoting there Deuteronomy 30, 14. And the one thing I want to kind of leave with you, just in looking at these different things and these key, key men and key cities and just what it is that God is, is wanting to do here, and we'll talk about this here just in a minute. But... Um, the thing I hope you understand is, is that the word of God is clearly in their heart, which is why they're obeying this. Do you think this trip is easy back then? To get from here to there to then to here, uh, that's going to be some time. There's no motor on <laughs> these boats. This is the motor, <laughs> right? Or wind. So it's going to take some time. I mean, you don't have any Dramamine, so now you're on there, sea legs, and just, the whole time, you know, not good, right? But so you're only going to do things that seem impossible. Maybe you don't even fully understand it. But the thing you understand is you trust the Lord. Guys, listen, if you're going to be in the spirit, there's a certain amount of trust that as the Lord is calling you to do things that you, you maybe aren't familiar with or they're brand new, let the basis of your obedience be that you trust the Lord. The Lord is not out to get you. He's not out to destroy you. Remember, like Sam has been saying in Genesis, Eve's viewpoint, hey, you can have everything. Just don't take this tree. And she's like, I want that one. Man, whatever the Lord is saying, avoid, I'm begging you, avoid it. It could be to your destruction. And so these key men, key cities, what do they do? Again, a, another reminder to you, just in terms of this being a transition book and why we wait to pull our doctrine of how we're going to function as a local church to Roman, to Rome, excuse me, Romans to Philemon, is here we're still seeing this thing where the Lord is incorporating, making sure to the Jew first. And in Romans 1.16, it says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so they're going. And in verse five, what does it say? 
And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. <laughs> and they also had John. Remember, that's John Mark to their minister. And so just to rehash what it is that we kind of looked at today, leaders starts, leadership starts with maturity. Leaders work. Leaders pray. Leaders are submitted to leaders. Leaders are led by the Holy Spirit. Leaders preach the word. Man, I pray that you consider if you're not doing one of those right now, you will never become a leader. And you may have a function as a leader. If you're a husband, if you're a parent, if you're in a Bible study, if you're discipling or in discipleship, it starts with the basics. These guys still did the basics. And they did it because they saw what was in front of them. Guys, we're not asking you to do anything because we're just trying to make your lives more complex or busy. It's because we understand the kingdom is at hand. And the Lord has given us a, an opportunity to further that kingdom. We have light. And so we give it from that viewpoint. And so consider, are you doing those things? And if not, I pray that you would consider. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much just for um, today and as we just looked at your word. And Lord, we thank you for the example of these men and their faithfulness. And Lord, and even just how these, these leaders are on one accord in agreement with the Holy Spirit and, and how you use them mightily, so much so you recorded it for, for our benefit. And um, Lord, thank you for that. Lord, I pray that any of us would just search our hearts and look at just where we are. That Lord, that, that people would be submitted in faith fellowship, but then also in, in MBT. Um, and Lord, that you would grow up more leaders. Lord, we're asking for more workers for the harvest. And um, Lord, help us to um, just take everything that you have for us. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't, we wouldn't come in at the end lacking anything uh, that you wanted to give us from unbelief. Lord, help our unbelief help our unfaithfulness. Lord, help us to not just always struggle and accept the struggle. Lord, help us to be victorious in Jesus' name, that we would claim the victory that you have uh, clearly won at the cross and, and from your position on the throne. Lord, help us to look up and not just look at our own circumstances and look at those that are around us that don't even have you. Lord, help us to be a light. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.